Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. During its 29 years of outreach, the Shaka Franklin Foundation for Youth has delivered over 3,000 presentations on youth suicide prevention, depression, grief, and mental health support while providing positive alternatives. Greetings again, I'm Adam Morgan. Moving out of their longtime facility, the foundation added another dimension through its mobile unit termed Shaka on the Move. It travels to colleges to support mental health on campus. That has also become a critical issue. Fortunately, though, a number of universities and colleges are confronting student depression, suicide, and mental health directly, while such interventions can still be effective. The Shaka Franklin Foundation has also extended their reach internationally to support and educate youth in South Africa in partnership with the Tarleton Intermediate School in the country. With their forthcoming Love Our Children Benefit Luncheon just ahead on Friday, May 3rd, we thought it might be a good time to catch up with the work of the foundation in preventing youth suicide with its founder, Mr. Les Franklin, who continues his conversation with us on this edition. You know, ironically, we don't hear from a lot of the children that attempted or were close mm-hmm. to taking their lives. What we do hear from in this Christmas uh, during this holiday season, I, we probably had uh, several, I know, at least several young men that came over that I had been involved with in coaching. Yeah. And I have uh, some others who went to school with my, uh, uh, during the same period with my, my son, with mm-hmm. Shaka, uh, that have that come by regularly and spend time with me, and they'll talk to us and just share with us how they're doing. Mm-hmm. But what I hear from the most is kids that I've coached and kids that uh, we've, we've known in different situations, kids that have been in our center uh, and ask us how things are going. And, you know, I know my wife, gets, she gets more of the calls than I do. Uh, but I, I've, I've been blessed that, that I've had several young men who have just come and just spent time with me and, uh, remember, and ironically, all but two of these kids, and I'm going to tell you about one. Okay. In, he's in Atlanta. Yeah. But all but two of these kids that have come by are all Anglo. Okay. And uh, for a black old man like I am, <laughs> they have some young white males come by and sit and talk and just say, hey, my, how much, and we all tell each other how much we love each other. Yeah. Every one of those kids have told me they love me. When people are reaching out for help, they pretty much are reaching back to wherever it's coming from, yeah. no matter who it's coming yeah. from. Yeah. Well, they, every last one, I've got two grown uh, Anglo men now that they never hang up the phone, and they call me all the time. Yeah. They never hang up the phone without saying, I love you. And they say, one will say, I love you, Dad. Uh, I won't name who he is, uh, yeah, but he's no, a businessman, no, and he's very it. successful, but he always says, I love you, Dad. And he tells me how much I've helped him uh, with his business and been able to help him uh, with his life and family, mm-hmm. and he'll send me emails and send me pictures of his kids, and then I have others. Uh, is, that, this the, that, is, is this the one that was in Atlanta you just mentioned? No, the one in Atlanta is a black male that was 19 when uh, he saw me on the Montel Williams show. Okay. And this young man I talk to all the time. I mean, he's he stays in touch. Uh, and, he and he and his father, his father rejected him because he's gay. And I embraced him because he's a young man that needed to be have someone care about him. Yeah, yeah. I, and I spent time. I've talked to his mother as well, uh, and he's really uh, he's a wonderful young man that uh, 
uh, has been very supportive, but uh, we talk and we laugh. And I told him uh, that if he would uh, just stay alive, uh, when he got hold of my number through the Montel Williams show, mm-hmm. that my wife and I would come down to his graduation. He was going to Mississippi State College, and that's where he's originally from, but he's since moved to Atlanta, and that's where he lives now. Uh, I told him I'd be at his graduation, and when he graduated, got ready to graduate, he called me. And my wife and I uh, flew to uh, New Orleans and drove over to Mississippi, yeah. and that was my first time in Mississippi, which uh, you know I was a little nervous about because I remember well, I'm, em- I'm Emmett sure. Till. but. Uh, that's one young man that uh, never lost contact. He's now in his 40s, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a very close, warm relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I've had a lot of wonderful feedback uh, from children uh, and from parents. Uh, well, the, re- the reason, reason why I'm going down that particular path is that you're demonstrating the behavior that parents can do mm-hmm. that can be extremely important to that child. Mm-hmm. You know, so becoming involved, paying attention to, to to them, not letting them just talk to you when you don't hear them, but you're actually interacting and, and giving them time mm-hmm. and supporting where they are. And those are the have been the keys to changing their behavior so they're not feeling isolated and alone and left and don't know what to do because they're not old enough to have enough world experience to figure out what to do. I'm the father to one grown Anglo man now. Yeah. Uh, I love him. Like he like he was my own child, uh, and although I, I I love my kids to death, uh, this young man is someone that I'm incredibly close to. He's he's starting to build relationships again with his with his brother, which I think is wonderful. But he does not have the relationship with his with his uh, father and his mom, and that's too bad. But uh, I hope and I'm hopeful that someday that that'll get turned around as well. Uh, I've never tried to replace a parent. Uh, I don't think you can replace no, a no, parent. No, you can't. But I've always tried to be there as a as an ear and to be mm-hmm. helpful. And we've had children that we've been with for years, and then something has happened in their life. And we've been fortunate enough because of support from private industry and individuals sure. like yourself that we've been able to pay for those kids to go to their parent, and their parent may be in Kentucky or uh, Alabama or New York, uh, and we've been able to pay for them to go to their to be with their parent, and uh, we know they appreciate it. And the parent always tells us, "I'm going to make them pay you back," <laughs> yeah, but we never ask. For <laughs> oh, that. parents yeah. always like yeah. like that. You have the luncheon coming up um, in in May, and I guess you know the, the the funds from the luncheon go to underwrite the work of the foundation. And I think one of the things is you set up a. Uh, if I remember to correct correctly, the Shaka Franklin Foundation scholarship at the University of Colorado. Yes, we have we okay. have a so scholarship. some of those funds will go to help that too, right? Yes, but we okay. have a scholarship at all the major colleges in this area. Uh, we have uh, a hundred thousand dollar matching grant at the University of Denver. We just finished that off last year. Yeah, they put up fifty and we put up fifty, but we took us a while. You know, we got it done last year. And we have a scholarship that uh, we're going we're building with not only with cash but with assets. Once I pass, my wife passes, then the properties that we currently own, anything we might own, will go to the University of Colorado and uh-huh. uh, here at the Denver uh, facility. But we also give out scholarships to young people, and we did, I think, three last year to uh, students. And people should know this: we don't care what a child looks like. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, like last year, all three of our scholarships, were, one was the help of a Ph.D. student, and all three, uh, and one was a, a, a young mother who's working her way through Metro. Uh, and we, every one of these children, or these young people, because they weren't children, they're adults, uh, were Latino. And, yeah. and people look at us because my wife and I happen to be black, but our board is a very mixed board in this right, right. Anglo and multiculturally yeah. reflects what Colorado is. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But uh, we just try to help children and help families uh, regardless of what their ethnic origin is. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was raised. Uh, that's how my wife was raised. And uh, we try to emulate, uh, you know, the, the good teachings that we got from our families, from our parents. So anyone who might consider coming to the luncheon, and we encourage them to go, obviously, uh, go on your website and give them the information on what they have to do and where it is. And It's at the Marriott Denver Tech Center, yeah. Marriott. Yeah. And, uh, and the guest speaker is whom? Walter Cronkite. Walter, Walter, uh, yes. um, And a lot of people will remember, that's the way it is from Walter Cronkite, right? Yeah. And his daughter is going to be your uh, speaker. She's going to be our keynote speaker. Okay. Yeah. She'll be the the main speaker. Mm -hmm. And she's going to talk about a lot of the things that that do affect families and children. Uh, And, you know, she's a a special lady uh, with a special message. And the more people that can hear that message, the better. Uh, Because, uh, like, We've discussed early in this program, uh, we're losing more children and more young adults. Uh, and I don't want to say young adults. I mean, they're young adults from every ethnic group. Uh, I gave a speech earlier this year that uh, to at a, at a black mortuary. And uh, there was a time when nobody in there, probably other than maybe one person, would have known about someone taking their life in a black community. But there was a room full of people, over 50 people in there. And uh, one father who had recently lost his, his child who came up and I spent time with that father to try to help him understand what he was going to deal with. But it's a growing problem, uh, unfortunately. And, yes, you, you know, when you bring out the point that the state is growing, there are more people. Uh, so we have to have more resources supplied to this problem. Also, the behavior of those who have been successful in making sure that their children doesn't get to the brink, the question that pops in my mind, especially with younger parents, they say, well, yeah, I know that that's going on, but my child's four or five now. I'm not going to have that to worry about. I'm going to make sure I do all the right stuff there. Are they kidding themselves, or do they really need to really pay more attention? This isn't automatic at all. Yeah, they do need to pay more attention because – I'm going to tell you two things. One is television, there's a subtle message about suicide being able to solve problems. It happens all the time, and most of us just tune it out. We don't even notice it. I notice it, and I guarantee every parent that's lost a child notices it. Mm -hmm. But those five-year-olds see and hear, and they see the same things. And I think the youngest suicide victim in this state has been uh, five or six years of age. Five or six years of age? Five or six years of age, yes. Emulating behavior. Yeah, em- emulating behavior, clearly not knowing, you know, what what we would know as an adult uh, and maybe not knowing what a teenager might know and feel. But they can emulate things. So we need to be a, pay attention to what our children are looking at, what they're seeing, and what they're hearing. W- story. Out in uh, the western part of the city, and, and, okay. uh, we had a, a young lady climbed in the back of a pickup with five or six kids, and all of them were on a— had, had formed a suicide pact 
The one young lady that got in there that had not just got in because of peer pressure. She just got in, and she was gonna. And her dad asked her because, unfortunately, they didn't didn't get it done. They didn't complete it. And I talked to the father, and the father told me, says, I asked my daughter, why did she do this? What was wrong? And she said she didn't know. She just was going along with her friends. And so, uh, you know, these things happen for all kinds of crazy reasons, but that's what we're dealing with in society. So that's why we need to know what our children are doing, who they're doing it with, and where they're going. Uh, I've talked to kids, and I ask them, what's the furthest place you've ever gone in the state of Colorado if your parents not knowing? Mm-hmm. And that told me, well, I've, we've gone to Grand Junction, Grand Junction, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're getting, 70 miles yeah, west of here. Hun- yeah, hundreds of miles away from home. And they're there in the day, and they come back maybe late in the evening, uh, and maybe not even in the evening. I've had kids tell me that, you know, my house is so big that uh, another family could live there, and I wouldn't, we wouldn't even know they're there. You know, so yeah. it's, not, it's not just, you know, and I tell people this. Most of the children that we lose are bright, talented, and brilliant young people. They're smart. Yeah, the, the knuckleheads are not going to kill themselves. The knuckleheads will kill you, <laughs> but they will not kill themselves. That, that is a very, very you know? good so, point. If you could give young parents just one piece of advice on how to support their child, what would it be? Listen. Listen to them. I tell parents, uh, and don't have sections of the house that belong to certain you know, certain people like the kid's bedroom is just, that's their sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I tell parents, go in that bedroom. You know, go in there and be vulnerable to your children. You know, I, I t- I've told many a parent, lie down on the bed, sit there, and, you know, maybe they're chit-chatting with you. Do that. Listen to them. You know, I, I beg parents uh, to to find their way, and every way is different. And for every parent on this planet, there's a different way, you know, and they have to find what touches their heart and what touches the, the soul and the heart of their child. And they can only do that if they're spending time with those children. You can't yeah. you can't say, well, I got to have my time. I got to do my thing and I got to be able to go out and here and hang out with the guys or with the girls. Uh, the children, once you have a child, that child is first. Yes, uh, And you have to put them first, and they have to know that you put them there first. Mr. Les Franklin, founder of the Shockley Franklin Foundation for Youth. We thank him for sharing a few moments with us on these editions. Again, the Foundation's Love Our Children Benefit Luncheon is Friday, May 3rd, 1130 a.m. at the Marriott Hotel, Denver Tech Center. Special guest speaker is Kathy Cronkite, the daughter of the legendary television news anchor Walter Cronkite. Seating information is online at shaka, S-H-A-K-A dot org, or by calling 303-337-2515. That's 303-337-2515. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.